1: Your ears do not deceive you. You You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview.
0: Hello and welcome to Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner podcast. Um, Still not a huge fan of the name. It's a little too illiterate to me, but I uh, I can't do anything about it at this point. I've recorded so many episodes that we're stuck with the uh, Cryptid Creator Corner. And um, this is Jimmy, and I uh, am uh, starting off uh, this uh, Halloween spooky fall season with talking to some of my favorite creators of horror comics in the past few years. And I am here with Rich Duick and Alex Cormack to talk about um, both Road of Bones, Sea of Sorrows, and whatever else uh, might come up. Alex and Rich, welcome uh, to the Comic Book Yeti Cryptid Creator Corner. Hello.
2: All right. How we doing? Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Thanks for
0: having us. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you very much for being here. Sorry for the uh, long-winded introduction, but um, oh. <laughs> they they saddled me with this name. I mean, I liked it at first, and then you say it like five All times, good. and it's just yeah. like that's a lot. That's a lot of words. Um, <laughs> so, um, I just wanted to kind of get uh, right into it to talk about both Road of Bones and Sea of Sorrows. Uh, for anyone not familiar, um, Road of Bones is kind of a mix of a a prison break story and a bit of Russian folklore. And uh, is that right, Rich?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's pretty accurate. It's, uh, you know, it takes place uh, during the uh, during the 1950s, uh, like toward the tail end of, um, you know, Joseph Stalin's reign uh, when they when they were imprisoning a lot of people in the Siberian gulags. Um, so it's a story of a prison break from a Siberian gulag, uh, and the main character, um, is, uh, has some, uh, yeah, there's a the Russian folklore that he believes in, uh, um, they're called like the Domovik, which is supposed to be, uh, almost like a, uh, house guardian. Like, uh, if you had your house, you might like leave out gifts, uh, for the Domovik to, uh, protect you and your house and stuff. Uh, but it turns out that uh, what she's dealing with is uh, something entirely different. But uh, out out there in the Siberian wilderness, so <laughs> so yeah, not to not to spoil too much. But I mean, it is kind
0: of yeah, boring, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I don't. But I I want for anyone who's listening who haven't yeah. read it. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it too much. I want um. I want folks t- who might not have who are looking for a good horror read to um to pick it up. Uh. One of the things i uh really liked about it um is that uh, uh, the element of the main character has been imprisoned for telling a joke about mm-hmm. stalin yeah. at a party <laughs> um and w- there comes up I w- I don't want to give it away t- what the joke was but i was I, I was impressed that although it's kind of like an old joke it it really landed in the book when he actually <laughs> did <laughs> 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 it, it really, I mean, it's it's it, these three prisoners who then escape and have to deal with the elements and each other and this house guardian or whatever it might be that is kind of out there as well. Um, it really like hit at the right moment and kind of undercut all that tension uh, mm-hmm. between the characters, which I really thought was like a nice it it really was at the right point in the story for like that ha- that for that to happen, especially with the the relationship between the characters at the point at which it does. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's a it, it's a pretty bleak story. Um, you know, it takes place in Siberia. Alex was drawing a lot, a lot of like snowy mountains and uh, <laughs> you know lifeless forests and stuff, and and it's really like, you know. I think one of the things that we were trying to get across was just how like it's just miles and miles and miles of nothing that these guys are like plodding through for like weeks on end and like the freezing cold, so it was getting pretty like you know the atmosphere was getting like pretty pretty heavy, so it seemed like yeah, just a good point to uh just cut cut all that tension you know in an unexpected way so. that was kind
0: of yeah (laughs) (laughs) so and so alex my understanding did did rich first approach you with the the idea for the story
3: oh yeah this is all rich yeah i mean uh uh, real quick i was gonna say when you mentioned the joke uh, i remember like after the first issue maybe by the second one i got a hold of rich i was like all right listen what's the joke like tell it what (laughs) what
1: is (laughs) because i was like
3: i knew like what was going to happen but, I, but it was like I was going script by script. So was, and he was like, oh, it's this. And I was like, OK, good. It's actually a good joke. All right, great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah. So what happened was that we were at New York Comic Con. And Rich and I have known each other forever. And, um, and uh, we were friends. You know, we were just hanging out. And um, he's like, all right, listen, I got this idea for a story. Uh, and, and he told me, like, it's this Russian gulag. It's like a prison break but like they're out there in this like wilderness and there's nothing there and what they have to do to survive and all stuff. And uh, I, I'll try not to do any spoilers. I, I, I personally don't care about spoilers. I love spoilers. I'm the type that reads a synopsis of a movie before I watch it because I like to see it <laughs> like, hey, well. That's what it is. Let's see how they do it. Um, so, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I won't say anything too specific, but, um, but yeah, it was like one of those like, all right, if, like, if this was a book that I'd heard of, I would go buy this book even if I had nothing to do with it. Like, this is great. I, yeah. Like sign me up, whatever I got to do, let's do this. And uh, so, yeah, so this is all Rich's idea. I just kind of just, I, I'm piggybacking on the guy. Oh, well, I
0: mean, your wilderness, your landscape scenes, I mean, it's some, sometimes it's so vast. But it's not like all white, like there's some differentiation in there it, I mean it it you really capture that landscape of there there is miles and miles of nothing. Um, yeah, I mean I, I, it really was like well done, and and especially your use of color for when there are pops of color like amongst the white, it really stands out.
3: Thank you, yeah, it's um yeah because and I, I was saying this to you uh before we got started that like because i grew up in uh i grew up in massachusetts i live in vermont now but um like so yeah so i mean it's snow most of the year out here and uh mm. so, but yeah you like you'll get out first thing in the morning it'll be whatever the like the sun's rising it'll be pink you know like it's dark it's never it's just blue uh anytime a shadow it's snow it's always blue and um so yeah, so uh, and I'd have to go through it again, but I'm pretty sure like uh, where it's the most white is when it gets real bloody because I really wanted like that blood to really show off. But um yeah, but for those landscapes, I mean I just looked out my window. Like and like I was saying to you a little bit ago, and pretty, you know, <laughs> like every time I drove my son to daycare every morning, I was driving through these mountains and all I did was just take the trees off and that was it. <laughs> so I was just looking that's probably drawing once I drop them off and once I get back home and like, all right, I know what that
2: this seems to look like now. Yeah, but I mean like like the reason I like brought it to Alex in the first place, like instead of like anybody else, like Alex was always my kind of first choice for it was um, he had done this book with my our friend uh, John Lee's called Sync, um, oh. from Comic Shop. That's r- another really, really great horror book. Like if uh you know if people want to check out. Uh, you know, check out ours first, but yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're gonna get another one. And, uh, go through our entire catalog. But, um, <laughs> just, uh, you know, just what Alex did with Sync was just so like, um, just visceral and like, um, you know, just really like so so good and like like you know, creepy and gory. Like I just knew he was like gonna be perfect for this, so I'm just really glad that he. He signed on for it because you know it made the book like very, very like true to what I envisioned it as. You know, so you know, no regrets there.
0: <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> he with hear? the, you know, with the, like the um the mix of the of the Russian folklore and the the domovik is that my saying that right? Huh? Yeah, that's how I read that's it. I think yeah. <laughs> so, or Rich, is that something that you you? grew up with in terms of learning about russian folklore was there something in particular that stuck out that you wanted to kind of do a play on that piece of it
2: um i mean it, you know it's it wasn't like you know sort of like 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 it It wasn't the sort of thing where like you know my grandparents actually believed that in this thing and like we actually like did something like that but you know it was more just like you know you when they were like telling stories, just like kind of like folk stories and stuff about like, you know, um, what, what they grew up with and, and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, so it was really just, I think, you know, like how you might tell, tell a kid like a fairy tale or something like that, or, or, Mm -hmm. or or like, uh, you know, some offhand comments, you're like, Oh, what's that mean? You know, like, but it, it was like, you know, I wasn't like, setting milk out for one in our house or anything like that. Um, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but, uh, <yeah. laughs> but um but I, I just thought it was interesting, like just the story of it. It's like kind of it, it's like similar to a lot of um other European folklore like um in uh like Celtic folklore you have a type of fairy called the brownie that's kind of like the same thing where it's like, you know, supposed to supposedly like watching over your house. Um and suppose like if you're good to it, it, it'll be good to you. And it's just sort of like, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Like, you know, what if you had somebody who, like, you know, you know, maybe they believed it, maybe they didn't. And, and but it's like you have something that's supposed to be watching over your house. And like, well, what if you live in one of these like prison camps? Like, you know, could the prison mm-hmm. could the prison camp have like kind of like a spirit like that? And you know, would it be the same type of spirit as? You know somebody's house or you know uh cabin or something might have. So I just thought it was you know that was like just like an interesting place to to start from. Of like you know somebody who because I, I was just trying to imagine like what it would be like to to be in in a camp like that because you know you'd be sentenced to like something like twenty years like of like hard hard backbreaking labor. I mean like the road of bones like is a real place. Mm-hmm in in the world today like it's it's in Siberia right now um and it's basically like a highway uh it's called the kolima Highway and it's uh, a highway that they built um through basically like prison slave labor you know across some of the most forbidding terrain on earth and the reason it's called the road of bones is because they were um uh you know breaking ground to make the road and you know working in this these like horrible conditions not enough food a lot of people died and the ground is frozen and they're not going to take people off of the road work to like go dig frozen ground to dig graves so they just put them in the road and paved paved them over which is mm-hmm. pretty fucking gruesome and something that happened in real life and so right. kind of that was an, another intriguing thing that like i wanted to work into the story of just like you know like we're talking like a horror story and here's like a real world like freaking horror thing so it was like right. kind of can we use that as the you know springboard for into something like you know that has like a little bit more of like a supernatural kind of um you know
0: bent to it mm-hmm. one one of the things that i thought especially reading road of bones and we'll talk about sea of sorrows but one right right after the other last night is that uh, you know, I've read a fair amount of horror stories, in particular comics, where there is some type of like fantasy or supernatural or, or folklore element to it. What I thought was what I thought made Road of Bones both compelling and maybe more disturbing than some of the others was was how it never leaned into the folklore element too much. It was always like a little glimpse, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, is the main character? losing his mind is there something really here but it, it is really fundamentally uh, about how terrible like humans can be to other humans like it is mm. really about the depravity of humanity and uh, there's so, so many similarities in terms of like you know i, I think it's Cesaros, one of the characters even says it about the german like he's just here to turn us against each other um, where mm-hmm. you, you really have those similar elements of 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 ca- of you know the mon the monster are really the the humans in the story. Um, it's, <laughs> um, you know, but with the the the, the folklore element of it, um, where we just kind of see glimpses of something at first, and a little bit more and more is revealed, like. Alex, what was that like design like for you to come up with that character and, and try and just give little like glimpses of him in the story? Was it like when you got scripts from Rich, were they like tightly scripted, or were you kind of able to have like a little freedom and to kind of figure out like what it is you wanted to show?
3: Yeah, with the um yeah, I'm trying to think with the Domovic. I'm trying to remember what we had. Like what do you like, did you have a description in there, Rich? Cause I, I, I kind not remember, remember it, how I went ahead with it, but yeah.
2: Did you, did you, I, I don't really, I mean, I think it was mostly just sort of like the, the, like the expressions on his face and like, you know, like, like the smiling.
3: And like it'd be stuff. like the acting bits, right? Like he like, kind of like snuck out yeah. and he was happy about this or he was like, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah.
2: You know, but yeah, I kind of wanted to leave the the design up to you and it, it's almost like, you oh. know, like you said, um, there, do you mean the sense it, it's it is kind of like up in the air whether like it's like uh is it a real thing or is it just no, part yeah. of his imagination mm-hmm. you know it's like um and I don't want to like get all like pranos ending on people but it, it's really kind of like <laughs> it's it's up to your interpretation you know what I mean and, <laughs> and I think the story the story works either way like you <laughs> know so I, I just think it's you know I've I, I've kind of vowed never to to give like a definitive answer for it, because I just think it's great. Like what you know,
1: That's what, not, uh, what I'll I'll tell you if it's certain real
2: people think. Yeah, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> twenty twenty years from now, like uh
0: yeah, a whisper it yeah. into Alex's ear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can you can auction off the answer. Yeah.
3: But I remember, yeah, like, when, when I was. Yeah. When I was killed. oh, go
2: ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, visually and script wise, I just like you know, I try to just really give Alex just an idea of like what I'm thinking of, but I, I I like to kind of you know give him free reign and and room to like you know just go with it and 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 bring bring his talents to the table. So it's like you know if I'm like say. Oh, like this is like a five panel page, you know, excuse me, like a four panel page or a six panel page or, or whatever. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm always cool with it because he always makes it better. So, you know, but I don't, yeah, you could tell from your side. I don't know, like, do my scripts, are they like, uh, wearing a pair of handcuffs like
3: what's going on okay good oh yeah no well that's the thing with uh because i'm so what i remember with the dome especially was uh like treating him like colonel kurtz in uh apocalypse now like you know that Like i always want to do with that with a character like remember when they first like come up to him and he's like at the light above him but you only kind of see the top of his head and he's doing the thing with the water and like rubbing it in that weird way and Like I kind of want to keep it like that. Like he never really got a chance to really look at this guy. It was always like he was just always in the shadow. Like he kinda got a hint of him, but never the whole thing. And um and like I remember even like early on, like, all right, is he wearing is he dressed? What is he wearing? Is he gonna be just like a creature? Like like all that type of stuff. And um and uh but yeah, there's I was gonna say there's a bit with that guy. It's like and again, it's a spoiler bit. Which was like my favorite line in the entire book is when he's like talking to him uh the Domovic in the very last issue, and it's got my favorite line in the entire series, but I can't <laughs> say it because it's a spoiler but um, <laughs> um but yeah when uh for people who know it uh it's like right at the very end uh and it's like yeah, it's my favorite line with it when he's kind of like talking to talking to him like about him being a Domovic, but I've said too much. Mm. But, um, <laughs> people about, well, yes. yes. but people yeah. who have read so it will. yes. like out. that one, like and he just kind of like looks up and yeah, I, I, well, can't
0: <laughs> I mean, you're the facial, uh, the the facial acting, and it's it, you know is something I you know really pay attention to, and it's so good. I mean the I the, the last yeah. panel in particular is like haunting in terms of the <laughs> expression <laughs> that. One of the characters has. He's so happy. Uh, what do you mean? He's, yeah, such a good he's movie. very happy. <laughs> he's very happy. He did it. He did it. Yeah, he did it But the facial acting in particular is so good, especially because you're not. A lot of times, you're not dealing with like broad strokes. Because I feel like when you have like broad emotion on a page, if everybody's happy, if everyone's surprised, if everyone's excited, I mean, you're kind of dealing with three guys who maybe can trust each other. Maybe they can't, maybe somebody's deceitful. Maybe, you know, they don't know what the other one might be, you know, plotting or planning because they're, you know, it's a little bit, I think of some of the scenes from like the treasure of the Sierra Madre, when you got yeah. three guys oh, yeah. that don't know if someone's going to double cross the other, you know, Bogart I mean, actually, and Walter Houston. I'm, and
3: I love that you mentioned that. Cause I remember watching that movie when, when making it like, I like, I had it, had it yeah. on like uh, just as the background. <laughs> yeah,
0: but there's a lot of subtlety to that, to that, to those drawings and those facial expressions. And it's, it's, you know, it's captured very well. It's it's excellent. thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah,
2: Alex, <laughs> Alex is amazing at drawing facial expressions. He's like one of the. You know, definitely a guy who, like, I, I feel very confident saying something like, oh, like, you know, he's smiling, but his eyes are kind of like giving the impression <laughs> that he's like. Faking it and like Alex can like pull it off. um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and well, not to like. I'm I'm always amazed. It's just like the range of emotion, like you can get through with your drawings and just like the sort of like subtlety. Like it gets kind of like subtext across too, you know, like what Mm -hmm. somebody's feeling inside versus what they're feeling outside. So
0: thank you. Mm -hmm. And well, not to. Hard crash into the, the next book, but after Road of Bones, the, the next one you had out. And I, I should mention that we also had a letterer uh, on both books, Justin Birch. Um, yeah, Justin's an excellent, yeah, excellent letterer. But after Road of Bones, you both worked on Sea of Sorrows. And so um, just how did that uh, come about? Had, did, did Was this a similar thing where Rich had an idea or were you two already plotting and planning for, you know, book two after Road of Bones?
3: I think we we're just we had so much fun with Road of Bones, right? They were like, "All right, well, let's, yeah. let's do another one." <laughs> like uh well, people seem to like mean, this book, like, let's what else we got? <laughs> well,
2: when I, I, I think there was like two things. Like number one, we, we didn't want to do like Road of Bones to like the next chapter. Uh I think, you know, we kind of felt like with horror a lot of times when you have know, like sequels, you kind of get diminishing returns, uh yeah. you know, each time you go around. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we want <laughs> sure. we knew we want do something with like new characters and then when we were when when we were first talking about road of bones like alex was just telling me how like he always wanted to do something set in in like a snowy like snowy Mm -hmm. mountains and he had two Mm -hmm. other settings that he really wanted to do he wanted to do something in a uh in in uh, on the ocean and one that We'll just call
3: classified for now. Okay.
2: <laughs> but, no,
3: okay, but I'll also say not
2: not for much longer. Um, all right, all uh, right. So, uh, so, so I was just thinking of the sea and like, okay, well, what's like a what's a sea story we could tell? And then it didn't really click until Alex was showing me some uh, the drawings he did, and one of them was. Uh, guy in like one of those old-timey diving suits you know with like the, the big little helmet like we oh sure, it sure. Um, yeah. yeah and the guy the guy like he was fighting like a giant squid and then i was like ah okay like that's <laughs> that's a cool fucking thing like we have to get that in there somehow and we just kind of like started with like okay well what period of time were they using those suits and just batting ideas back and forth and that's kind of how we how we landed on uh just ba- like the basic kind of like structure and, and, and the setting of like sea of sorrows
0: <laughs> wow yeah i'm always curious as to yeah. how those things you know kind of happen how you know some you watch a, a documentary about something or you scrolling mm-hmm. through twitter and and see a, a story about a german u-boat and like what what are those seeds that bring about the type of story well, that 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 sea of sorrows is so i'm always fascinated as to how those those things come together. um, Like the
2: the funny story, the funny story with the U-Boat is that like, um, you know, when, when when we first came up with it and I was writing it, like I was like, all right, it's a U-Boat. Like a ton of U-Boats got sank, got sunk. So, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, it'll just be like some random U-Boat. And then I was just doing some research about U-Boats because I was trying to get, certain details um in the script right you know so you know for alex and stuff and uh and i'm reading about this one called the bremen which is what the the eu vote in in the book is called and it actually did was like in world war one it was before america had entered the war on one side or the other and was kind of open to selling arms to either side because you know it's just people in Europe killing each other what did they care uh mm-hmm. at the time like both um both britain and germany were, were both trying to like um cut deals with america for for you know arms and things like that uh but germany's problem was that the british had a very strong blockade so they couldn't just send a, like a ship across so they were going with the U-boats, and they sent two boats, and one of them actually made it through, but the second one, the Bremen, was lost. And, you know, like, 95% chance, like, it just got sunk by, like, you know, uh, either, like, a, a, like a, a British ship, or maybe something malfunctioned, or whatever, but the point is, it's a mystery, like, nobody knows exactly what happened to it, and it was like, great that's like just somehow <laughs> it perfectly fit it, it like perfectly fit with like right. know, the story we wanted to tell so it was just like a really cool kind of like historical fact that you know we were able to incorporate but it totally wasn't like um it was not like it, it was not like the uh the inspiration for it it was just sort of like wow like you know we just got lucky that like there there just happened to be this historical fact that fit the story perfectly. So it's just funny how things like that happen sometimes. Like, you know, but I think that's part of a great part of doing research is when you find something that really kind of like surprises you. Right. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the things I uh, had heard someone doing this before you know, taking different scripts and letting di- taking the same script and letting different artists draw like a page or two to see how different artists interpret a script. And I, I bring that up because I think the, the opening page of Sea of Sorrows could be done many different ways, but I mm. absolutely
3: <laughs> love it, it was it was done <laughs> many different ways, by the way.
0: <laughs> but well, the way you landed on I the 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 lettering at the top that kind of sets the stage for it with the boat against the light sky and then mm-hmm. it's the sound effect of the one character retching over the side and then just so much black because I feel like well we have it's our first page why are we doing so much black Maybe you wanted to just do something different from all the white and bones, But it works so well to kind of fit you into this story where you're going mm-hmm. to be underwater a lot. And uh, with the two just smaller panels down in the bottom right corner. So you said it, it, there, it was done a, a lot of different ways. How, yeah. how did you settle on like this to kind of be the so opening
3: page? I think. I drew that page maybe like 10 times. Like I tried oh, different angle there, I tried this, I tried <laughs> this. Uh the, the page that was like there, originally I had like these big waves like crashing, and it was like kind of going nuts. And it just I couldn't like I was I wasn't happy with any of them. And it was one of those situations, where, like, oh no, I was so excited to draw like the ocean, and my ocean drawings suck. And I was like <laughs> beating myself up on them. Like, what am I gonna do? And then I I was just, I, like, I wonder if, and I, I end, and, uh, uh, I, I was, I was especially, and still is a big fan of, uh, um, I'm going to get the guy's name wrong. I've, I've mentioned this guy so many times and I never remember his name, Rich, you know what I'm talking about? The, uh, yeah, uh, his the name's uh Christophe Chabute, I think, Chabute, someone. Chibut, a, Chibut, yeah. Chibut? Sure. I think, yeah. Sure. He's, he watching, Chibut. uh, Christophe, how do you say it? Um, <laughs> uh, but he's, a he's a French, uh, um artist and um we did a moby dick book which i was looking at like constantly when i was doing and he had these great like silhouette shots of like the uh the pequod like way out in the distance and Mm -hmm. i always love these i'm like well all right maybe like i was like all right maybe kill the blaze what does this look like all black maybe that'll work and i did like a basically a silhouette and i was like it was just one of those like yeah, great. This is better than everything else. That'll do. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. So it was, was kind of it was almost a happy accident. So I'm glad you liked it because it was it was driving me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but and yeah, it also like, it works with like that yeah. that depth, like the uh, you're like you see it on top, but you're going in deep, and yeah, all that. And like you said, like going like pure black there, opposed of so much white in the snow and brightness in the last book.
2: But yeah, yeah. there there was one thing that like if you 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 would were talking to me about when you were talking about like um kind of just how you're approaching it i thought it was like amazing where like alex was saying that like when for the underwater scenes like you wanted to kind of give the impression that like it was like very claustrophobic even though like it's like open water for like miles around you but it's just mm-hmm. so dark down there that like there could be something like mind-numbingly horrible like three feet away from you and you would never know unless you were like, unless your <laughs> yep. tiny little beam of light happened to catch it. So <laughs> I think like that was just, you know, um, just a great trick to pull off of like, you know, the fact that like, you know, you're in, in open water, but it still feels very like close and, 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 uh, almost like you're in like a haunted house or something, you know, <laughs> like,
0: right. Well, yeah. I think it's hard to when you're reading as a reader when you're you're reading something that can be too dark. And mm-hmm. I never felt that any of the underwater scenes were too dark. There was always enough light, you know, in it to kind of know what was going on. I do like reading horror comics sometimes on my iPad more so than the pages because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. sometimes the jump scares can work can actually work. Like in a you know, <laughs> when you when you you scroll from left to right. Um, one of the <laughs> things I was going to ask you, and, and you know, since this is you know talking about horror comics and things we're we're scared of um and not like big things like somebody getting sick or like real fears i mean yeah. like silly irrational types of things i That's am terrified fun. of of like dark water to the point where i i don't like um watching stuff on tv about like whales mm. i just don't like seeing <laughs> things that big on, under the water and so You'll, you'll, you'll know the page I'm talking about towards the end of Sea of Sorrows was, it was probably a mistake to read it so late last night. <laughs> <Here I laughs> there is one page in particular that is, is, uh just <laughs> triggered that irrational fear I have. Um, All right. <laughs> but yeah, it worked. It worked for me. But Rich, one of the things I want to say that I absolutely love about your writing in terms of the characters that you create no nobody's really at first glance um um uh you know a monster in the traditional sense like you got a lot mm-hmm. of people who are they're they're going in the beginning of sea of Sars, you learn they're all getting together they're they're looking for gold and and there's some you know some shady characters but no, nobody comes out as like a really terrible like villain right away And you're able to to take these folks who are kind of like in a gray area and just ratchet up that tension little by Mm -hmm. little by little (laughs) by little to a boiling point. And, and I mean, Alex, you do it with him in terms of the facial expression, the facial acting again, and and the paneling. But especially in the the, the dialogue, Rich, you're really good at, at just slowly getting things to a boiling point you know to then you you don't even realize how bad it is until it's bad
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: thank you um yeah you know i think like you know what both like rotobones and CSRs have in common is that it's it's sort of like or at least what we were trying to get across is like you know these are like human beings they're people you know what i mean and in when things are good people have room to kind of be nice and you know accommodating and courteous to each other. And then it's, but then when things get tense, you know, like whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, surviving out in the gulag or you're, you know, on on a ship. And even, you know, kind of even before the monster shows up in Sea of Sorrows, there's sort of like a little bit of them kind of like poking and testing each other about like, you know, hey, you know, there's a lot of gold down there and, you know, the less people we have to share it with, you know, might you know, might work out better for us. You know, but that's like, that's not like monstrous. That's sort of like, you know, underhanded. But then when things really start getting, you know, when it's clear that like their survival is on the line, it's like it it can bring out something very, you know, nasty in in people. So I think that's Mm -hmm. One thing that we're, you know, I think that we love is like kind of pushing these characters up to that point and then just driving right off the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Right?
1: But
0: I mean, but also in terms of um, who's in the dive suit in the beginning, Nick? Is that yeah? Nick? I mean, in terms of his flashbacks to, you know, the war. I mean, like, just to tie into you know his personality, you, like you've you've seen mm-hmm. that he they're they're already dealing before they get to a single monster. These characters are already dealing with, you know, what like terrible trauma. Yeah, like you know like, in their lives it, and, and
2: yeah, like oh, sure. we call it, today we call it PTSD. Like back then they didn't oh, sure. really
0: have a good
2: understanding. I mean, they called it shell shock, but you know that that's not really like. um Doesn't encompass, like, really, like what it, you know, right, what we understand about it today.
0: Alex, is it tough when you're like, you know, in terms of Road of Bones, CSR, some of the scenes, especially like we just mentioned with CSRs and the the war flashbacks? Like, is it tough drawing that sometimes? Does that ever affect you? Do you, like, oh man, I just gotta go, like, take a walk, find an old episode of Mr. Rogers? Like,
3: (laughs) no, no, it uh, it really doesn't. Like, uh... (laughs) oh.
0: Well,
3: like, uh, like, uh, so, like, with Road Bones, I remember, uh, like, doing the research, like, trying to figure out, like, basically, like, looking up, like, all right, what do these guys wear? What do these places look like? What, like, what do they sleep? Like, Uh all that type of stuff. Uh, That was rough because I was, like, finding, like, actual illustrations by actual people that were in these places. And it was one of those, like, because, I mean, because that's real. Like, that was a real person in a real situation. He had friends, family, all that type of stuff. When it's real like that, like like true uh, like true crime podcasts, something like that, like I can't. Mm-hmm. Do it. Like I just if someone's in real life really getting hurt, that's one thing. But when I'm drawing and I'm like drawing a bunch of dudes blasted, I, it's kind of like I like I know I can then redraw them getting up and like dusting themselves off, like um, okay. you know. Like, so <laughs> because for me, this is all it's you know it's it's based off real things, but what I'm drawing is make-believe. Okay. And um and that's why like uh at the end of like and you'll see at the Road bones trade back. I drew this for Rich where it was like uh the characters are now like are actually now poolside, they're having burgers, yeah. Uh, they're like margaritas, like you know, like Jimmy Buffett's playing yeah. in the background, like uh the Domovic's right. like stunning himself, you know, like something like that. <laughs> just because kind of, like I gotta give these guys a break. <laughs> like get them out of the like, <laughs> let's sunshine. Let's hit the right. beach, you know. <laughs> But um, yeah. So for me, yeah, it's uh, um. Quote uh, my wife there one time. Is, I was in the room. room. I was drawing something. I drew it, and I looked, sat back. And I'm like, oh, "That's pretty gross." I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. There,
2: there is kind of like this, this like back and forth, and like I, I, I kind of joked about it on Twitter like a couple of months ago because Alex and I are like, we're we we can not tell can't tell you the title or anything like that, but we are working on a new book together. Um, All right. And, um, and I was like, it, sometimes I feel like we're almost trying to kind of like one up each other in terms of like grossing yeah, this one you freak, want. freaking the other one out. <laughs> what you like, told you. I'll send him something and then like, <laughs> he'll read the script and then like message me. Be like, dude, you're fucking gross. Or like, this is like, <laughs> who, who thinks of this?
1: And oh, then I, I didn't even tell you, but yeah, it's like he'll, the he'll
3: research he'll on yeah. this. he'll draw
2: it and send it to me, and I'm like, like I'm demented. It's like I just have it in my head. It's like you, you're like bringing it to life. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're the you're the <laughs> sick one. Um, but then and then the cycle starts again because we just keep trying to top each other.
0: Um, so. well, if it works, it works, right? Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know. I. I. Same with CSRs in terms. I don't want to give like you know too much away, but I am I'm going to say that um, towards towards the end, once again, uh, not nece- I don't know if this is necessarily a joke, but just uh, you, there are two panels that I absolutely love. Um, it, when two of the characters are fighting and I have it, I have it up here on my iPad, but the one says, kill me if you want, just give me five minutes to kill that fucker first. God damn it. That's it. Those are two no, good they, panels. Uh, there's a, those I are love two the, good I, panels, gentlemen. And, and the, all, thro- all three of you, Justin Birch <laughs> as well. Uh, th- those are two good panels. Yeah. I remember drawing <laughs> it and
3: just, I really wanted to have the look of the guys looking up like, what the
0: What, what is he doing?
3: <laughs> yeah. I, stop, stop, stop it. Let's get this guy and then we'll do it. <laughs> it was I mean, great.
2: It, I love it. Yeah, no. Love it's it. It's funny because, cause like, you know, like we're telling like horror <laughs> stories here, but like they really, like, there is part of like in their DNA, those kind of like old adventure movies of like, you know, these kind of like, you know, Humphrey Bogart and like uh tough guys. Like, oh, uh, um The, ca-
3: the captain uh, for CSROs is 100%. That outfit is. Uh, uh from uh oh, what was it um um have it have not the uh bogart movie where he with uh, lauren bacall for the first time like 80 uh, percent of the costumes yeah, mm-hmm. are from that and the crew from king kong
0: oh okay <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's
3: like specific guys i ripped off from king kong like doing like uh <laughs> so, like pause the movie i'm like all right what's that dude wearing that goofy hat all right yeah now he's in this book <laughs> yeah
2: so it's like you know they're kind of like adventure stories, but where the adventures just go horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah, these, but, yeah, these are know. the ones they didn't make it home. Yeah, yeah, but like I think you know we kind of do like to have like those moments in there of like you know action and like fighting and and like you know stuff like that. So
0: right, um, yeah. you know, I, is there anything you know I was talking about the the one page in particular in Sea of Sorrows, but. Did, did you guys have any type of like silly like fears or phobias or things that, you know, get to you? Yeah, everything in this new book. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, we'll save that for another time. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll
3: do see. another. We'll have another <laughs> talk about it. Yeah,
2: uh, Mine's water related, too. I don't like uh, in like natural like I'm OK in a pool, but like in a natural body of water, I I don't like to be barefoot like I don't like to walk into a lake barefoot or or the ocean okay. I wear those like those aqua shoes cuz I don't know I just feel like I'm going to like step on something that's going to like grab my foot and I, I don't know. It's just like a weird
0: thing. No. That's but, all right. uh, not a, I'm like a, a i I'll, I'll in the
3: water all the time. I know, I know <laughs> what <you mean>.
0: yeah. <laughs> I probably should. I I got stung by a stingray once right across the ankle. So oh. I I oh, I probably yeah, that was not fun. I should I should probably uh I should probably uh take up uh take up the shoe habit as well because <laughs> there are things in there.
3: <laughs> well and that's the thing too, when we mentioned like how dark that water is. because um, like i growing up in New England, my you know, my family we would go to Cape Cod all the time. And that's what the water's like. It's dark. Like you'll you'll get in if you're up to your waist, you can't see your feet. It's just dark. In mm-hmm. Oh wow. And, um, so like you're always like kind of cautious, like kind of footing around like I, there's crabs in here. I, I just don't want to step in crabs, So you kind of kick it around all the time. Like assuming there's like, you're surrounded by like crabs all the time, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the water, the water phobias for me are, uh, yeah, I, I try and stay away. Um, <laughs> I like being out on the water on a boat, but in the water, another story.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like if, if I can stand, I'm fine. You know, like, uh, right? once I can't stand and right. I uh, get a little nervous. Yeah. you know, clowning and all that. but.
0: So, um, uh, you hinted at that you're working on something else, but I know you can't reveal that yet, but, uh, I, before we get going, um, is there anything else that you are working on? You can review, I think rich, I, I follow your newsletter. If anyone doesn't, you should follow mm-hmm. uh rich's mm-hmm. newsletter. Cause it's fantastic. I'll, I'll put a link in the, in the show notes, but did, I think, didn't you just reveal that you're going to be working on a, uh, a magic, the gathering book. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Starting, um, Starting in December, I'm coming on. Uh, I'll be uh, co-writing it with uh, Jed McKay. Who also oh, awesome. Writes, um, he also writes Moon Knight for Marvel and Strange for Marvel. And, uh, you know, he's an amazing writer, a uh, good friend of mine, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm coming on for, for for a new arc that kind of starts when the current one wraps up. Um, it's been a ton of fun to do because... Like I've been a fan of magic for like like decades now. Like I remember playing it like in college, like where it was just this like weird ass game that you'd play like in your <laughs> friend's dorm room or whatever. Like if you're playing it in public, people would like look at you like, "What the fuck?" Like, what are those weird ass <laughs> cards you do? Like, like what is this? And it's just it's amazing. It's just amazing that like it was it was just so weird. But like when it, like around when it was like first coming out and nowadays it's like I could just ask somebody like, you know, at my like you just ask like a random person on the street. It's like, oh Magic Week Gathering. It's like, oh yeah, I know that. Because they know it from like either, you know, either like they were playing it or like they were played Pokemon when they were a kid and then like saw like the magic stuff like, you know, right, right. next to it. Or, you know, didn't they like play that on that that stupid sitcom? What's that sitcom? The Big Bang Theory or whatever like they were fine yeah they probably did did. (laughs) so it's just like this like common like thing now where it's not like i don't know it's i guess it's part of like geek culture taking over the world but it's just it's just so cool to like be able to um work on something that was like you know like a big part of my life for like a you know period of time there yeah Um, that's awesome and I gotta say, like for you know, if you're a fan of Magic: The Gathering, I think you're, you like you're gonna love it. Even if you're not, you're gonna love it. But if you are and you kind of know like a lot of like the lore and stuff around it, like I think mm-hmm. um I think you're especially gonna love like w- what we're doing with the series and and some of the characters we're we're bringing into it. So awesome. all I can say is look forward to it come December. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: all right, yeah, fantastic. And Alex, how about you? You got anything else other than trying to? freak out rich <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, rich and i get a book um yeah i i have uh right now i got uh I, I have the book that rich and i are doing there's another book um that i'm uh working on that i, I can't say anything about yet um, okay. um so doing those like kind of the same time uh, i have another book uh called duel out uh from bliss on tap which is a uh smaller press uh, type of group and, um, but that's a, out and about. And, uh, you know, uh, John and I, we mentioned sync. We're been cooking up some more sync stories and all that.
0: Oh, and, fantastic.
3: Um, yeah, yep, so, yeah. Well, I, I should say, yeah, John already got them. John's already served them. They're already on a plate. It's <laughs> <I mean, laughs> yeah. <get> work. <laughs> well, you guys just, you
2: guys just put out, rec- not, not like super recently, but in the past few months, you oh, yeah. got that, uh, dig one shot. Yeah. We did, uh, yeah. One of the
3: characters from Sync, Mr. Dig. This dude wears a fox mask and goes beat the crap out of the people with a shovel and um but yeah, so we did a, a one shot like kind of um like a 60 plus page issue of just like his origin story and like and his like an adventure that he goes on an adventure like a big brawl that he gets in with this guy called uh, a ghoster and all stuff, but yeah, uh, but that's also with Comic tribe and um yeah oh, that awesome. was was the, mm-hmm. when that was this year wasn't it? I think it was this year. I think it was
2: earlier this year, probably uh, like,
3: like, I think getting in the, in the spring, spring, like late winter, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that was, uh, recent. But, um, yeah. No, yeah. I always, I always got something coming out. I'm always working. Yeah. I, got I also have, uh, well, good. good. Yeah.
2: Speaking of Comic Drive, I'm also working on Happy Hill. Yeah. Still with Joe Mulvey. We got Joe uh, Mulvey, right? Issue. Yeah. Yep. We got one issue to go. <laughs> that, that, that's probably going to be, um, next month or so like we're gonna get that together and, and be back on Kickstarter with that as well. And all right. Next year I have like a lot of stuff coming out. Can't talk about any of it, but it's <laughs> oh, all right. really fucking cool.
0: So yeah. well <laughs> come back. You're welcome yeah. back anytime. Come back when you can. Too. <laughs> all <laughs> all right. Right. But uh all right. <laughs> well, I, I I really appreciate this. Uh, this is the first one uh, in terms of just me kind of being self-indulgent and talking to creators that are making the horror books that I like to read and that scare me a little bit as a uh, 43-year-old grown man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Alex and Rich, thank you very much uh, for coming on tonight. And uh, I'll put in the show notes links and uh, encourage everybody to uh, sign up for Rich's newsletter and to uh, read Road of Bones and Sea of Sorrows if you haven't. And for look look for uh, announcements soon, it sounds like, for whatever next they're working on. Um, but uh, Alex uh, and yeah. Rich, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. Yeah, thanks so no, much. Thank you.
3: This thanks for having us. Nice. All and right. I'll and this is a
0: uh,
2: close. I'll close the, it out with giving you one hint. It's going to be called Something of Something. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. yeah that's, that's,
3: that's what my I'm wife always says. Like, are you working on something yeah. today? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to start trying to decipher that now. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, thank you guys both so much. Uh, for Comic Book Yeti, this is uh, Jimmy Gasparro. You've been listening to the Cryptid Creator Corner and. Uh, If you have enjoyed the podcast, if you like these interviews, please tell your friends. And um, yeah, that's it. Uh, See you next time.
2: This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening.
3: If you enjoyed this episode of The Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of MetaHuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg